millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. And welcome to the Ghibliotech, the podcast that locks down the library of films from the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader, and I've seen a lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and I've got no choice but to stay in and watch them all again. So join us on our quest into the glorious world of Ghibli. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Ghibliotech, this one recorded in quite unique circumstances remotely. Uh, I'm sitting here in my living room talking with Jake. It's so lovely to hear your voice. Oh, Michael, it's lovely to hear from you. I'm sat on my bed under a duvet. Um, so cosy. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's where I spend a third of my time anyway, so I might as well make the most of it and record podcasts whilst I'm there. And we're making the most of this get-together by bringing producer Steph onto the call as well. Steph, welcome. Hello. It's lovely to hear you all. How are we all holding up at the moment? What are we up to? How are we getting through the days? Um, well, it was only pointed out to me today after someone commented on my letterboxed uh, that I've just been watching a lot of guys being dudes type films <laughs> and that uh, am I making some kind of revolt to Studio Ghibli because I've just been watching things like Breakdown with Kurt Russell and Heat with uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and the right stuff and the colour of money <laughs> um, and so perhaps this is this is a well-timed podcast to get me back on track and to the the Japanese animation that I really should be watching instead. Yeah, you spend four weeks away from us, and this is what happens? I know. I'm all about Michael Mann now, Michael. <laughs> I'm a Michael Mann. <laughs> we, <hey>, yes. <laughs> <Dear>. <laughs> Steph, please bring us back to, to something normal. Uh, well, I feel like I've been going in the opposite direction. I've been diving deeper into anime and probably going into corners that need not be visited um i've been watching a lot of jojo's bizarre adventure online which is so weird and so fantastic and i'm running out of episodes so i need to find something else to watch asap so maybe i'll dive into the michael manns oh dear (laughs) and meanwhile you're both putting me to absolute shame i have watched maybe three films in the last four weeks of course we did our two tweet alongs thank you to all the listeners who've who tweeted along with My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Literary Service with us. But outside of those, I've just not found the time to 
to watch anything. You 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 think that with all this you know, free time at home or this lockdown time at home, not being able to go out, you'd make the most of it. But I really haven't. I've let the side down. But maybe I'll get back on it. I've I've got quite a pile of Godzilla DVDs to get through. That that seems to be a good start. <laughs> So we have all sorts coming up in this special episode. We opened up the mailbag. We've got messages from listeners as well as former guests. But first, we need to get some very important news out of the way. This week, Steph, we did the Ghibli bracket. I love online drama. And using the Ghibliotech Twitter account, we've caused as much drama as possible by putting on a Ghibli World Cup. So a bracket of... 24 films and leaving it up to our followers to decide what is the best Ghibli Uh, and from the get-go it caused a lot of stress and a lot of arguments between our followers (laughs) Uh, but it's been fun to watch so the uh, the, well you'd say you'd think the uncontroversial winner was drumroll please Steph do you want to do the honours sure the the big winner was Spirited Away we had a gripping final between Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke, which I think we were fairly certain was going to be one of the finals. Yeah, we we were hopeful with our own choices, Michael. I think my final on my own, if I had things my own way, was going to be Porco Rosso versus My Neighbor Totoro, neither of which made the final cut. And what was yours? I think mine was My Neighbor Totoro versus Whisper of the Heart. And I think Whisper of the Heart should have won. This is the thing where we had a lot of questions on Twitter about how do you seed something like this, this bracket where you're pitting all these films against each other with a view to a final. There's no fair way of doing it. We took an objective approach, which was to take a chronological list of the films. We threw in a couple of edge cases of Ghibli films here. We had Castle of Cagliostro, Nashka Valley of the Wind, and Red Turtle in there to fill out the numbers. And we'd pit together in the opening the qualifying rounds, the oldest versus the newest, and go, you know, Castle Cagliostro versus Red Turtle, etc. And even that caused <laughs> no end of drama. <laughs> and lots of people were talking. It was really quite heartening, really, to see people coming out for some of those films that fell at the first hurdle. Big fans of the Porco Rossos, the Pompocos, the Tale of Princess Kaguya. And then, I mean, it really warmed my heart to see so many people very upset that Whisper of the Heart didn't get as far as it should have done. Well, I think Whisper of the Heart was the underdog from the start because it was up against Spirited Away in the first round. So (laughs) I think there was no good way of doing that uh, seeding that would have pleased everyone. (laughs) Strange, in that first round, that's a five-star film against a a three-and-a-half-star film. You think that really would have been quite straightforward what that how that should have gone. (laughs) Incensing the listeners further. I I love seeing how um, there are many ways of trying to explain and analyse the way this goes. It's all a bit of fun, really. And every day turning up and casting our votes and seeing people responding was so fun. And I guess it was a popularity contest and the most popular film that people do love and many people have seen did win. And if it's the gateway drug for many people who watch Spirited Away as their first one on Netflix or however, who are we to argue with that? But it has been fun. Jake and I, we put our um, brackets up on the Ghibliotech account. I think, Steph, you should put yours up as well, because I know you 
deviate from us in in your own way would ponyo be be the winner for you what would your winner be oh i don't i think it might be just looking at it now i think it might be maybe like nausicaa versus ponyo but then i'm not sure i don't know i need to sit and think about it ponyo i'd probably try and squeeze ponyo into the top but i'd Mm. have to have some long hard conversations with myself about those decisions so (laughs) but listeners if you have your brackets if you want to go and fill it out you can see the tournament as it stood uh, way back when before we pitted any of the films together on our Ghibliotech Twitter account. Um, we've had some great submissions already. I think my personal favourite, I'd like to give a shout out to Karis Gaskin, who's our friend that works for Studio Canal on the Studio Ghibli account. She did a very diplomatic entry where she just refused to pick favourites. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe we all should have done. We should have had this armistice where we all lay down our arms and said, no, they're all winners. <laughs> and for me as someone still mourning the death of euro 2020 and the possibility of putting a panini euro tournament tracker up on my wall and marking off the results this really filled that void for a week and well the olympics are coming around or what should have been the olympics maybe we should break it out into individual events oh best character best director hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> So before we start getting into some of these amazing emails, there were a few topics that came up uh, a number of times from lots of different people uh, asking us about a few hot topics about things we've already mentioned and when we might be getting into them. Uh, So we want to just cover those quickly now. And the first one is the game Nino Cooney, which we were kindly gifted in our Christmas episode by producer Steph. Yes, we do have that. Well, you you have it there on your Switch homepage. I have it on my PS4, just begging to be played once we have loads of time to do that, Jake. So maybe we'll get to it one day. It it really does feel like if we were going to break out of films altogether, that would be something Ghibli related to cover. But we will get to it at some point. I think that's what we can say. Yeah, because you you don't have any time because you've been elsewhere completely, haven't you? Yes, I've been spending so much time in Hyrule uh, and and just loving every second of it. Uh, Truly, Breath of the Wild has blown my mind in every possible way. I've downloaded every expansion pack so I can just keep exploring because I do not want to fight the final boss and for the game to be over. I'm just finding ever more reasons to go exploring and keep playing this wonderful, wonderful game. Fantastic. We've also had a few emails about the other Ghibli-related films we could talk about, mainly the documentaries about Studio Ghibli, uh, two of which being The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, the Mami Sunada documentary made around the making of both The Wind Rises and The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. And there's also the documentary which came out in the US last year and is just coming out on home entertainment on Blu-ray and DVD in the UK, which is Never Ending Man, the, the documentary about Hayao Miyazaki, coming out of retirement and embracing CG animation to make the short film Borrow the Caterpillar. And I think those are two films that we'll get to eventually as well. They both feel like feature-length films that have been made available either theatrically or on home disc that we really talk in dialogue or follow on from one another. I think we'll get to that eventually. I'd love to share 
the Kingdom of Dreams of Madness with you, Jake, if only because it has an incredible sequence where you see the studio from the perspective of the Studio Ghibli cat, <laughs> which just reveals why you know why Ghibli are so obsessed with cats. They have their own cat. It's just it just it's just a perfect fit. Well, I cannot wait to get into those because part of what has been so frustrating, maybe the only frustration about doing this show is you holding back all of this stuff from me that I have not been allowed to watch these films or do the extra research or delve into it because it's all for the the context and the history. And I have kind of broken that now because I bought a a book about Miyazaki and I, I have started reading it. And so eventually I will catch up with you, Michael, but you keep sending me more things like these documentaries, making sure that I, I never become the master. I'll always be one step ahead, Jake. <laughs> well, um, now just quickly going back to the bracket, something that we didn't mention is that there was no sign in any of our finales, either the public one or any of our personal choices of Isao Takahata appearing. Mm. Which is a bit disappointing on your side, Jake. You're the great Takahata fan. He was the great discovery of your your viewing. What what went wrong? Pigs got to fly, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just wanted to bring it up because Grave of the Fireflies, it so often gets highlighted as one of the great animated films. And I wonder whether it kind of lost out in the bracket because people are very happy to say that it is, but also one that they'll never watch again. And so... I think this is a great time to go to a lovely voice message from Alex Dudok to it, who's actually writing the book on Grave of the Fireflies and has probably had to watch it more times than anyone else. My name is Alex Dudok to I'm a film journalist and the author of a forthcoming book on Isao Takahata's Grave of the Fireflies, which I finished writing a couple of weeks ago. What powered me through the writing process was this idea that I'd finish my manuscript and go out and get wasted on sake or something. Uh, But by the time I finished, uh, we were on lockdown. (laughs) So yeah, that was annoying. Uh, But it was also kind of appropriate. I don't want to push the comparison between Grave of the Fireflies and our current predicament too far. But the tale of a teenage boy and his younger sister living in a disused bomb shelter at the end of World War II is essentially a story of self-isolation. Whether you think they were forced into that situation or chose it depends on your reading of the film. But the fact is that they live there alone, outside the support network of community, fending for their lives. Suddenly, I was watching it and thinking of the most vulnerable people in this coronavirus crisis, many of whom aren't even confident of getting the food that they need. And it's opened up a new dimension of sadness in the film, which I didn't think was possible. But yeah, I mean, there is a flip side. The children in the film are in a dire situation, but living in the shelter puts them in this very kind of pure communion with nature, which brings them joy for a while. I've thought about this often during the weeks of sunshine we've just had. On my daily walks, I've started paying closer attention to nature. I'm a London boy, and before the lockdown, I couldn't even tow a tulip from a rhododendron. But now I can. There are moments of complete serenity in Grave of the Fireflies and in this lockdown too but yeah that said I'm glad I don't have to watch it anymore for a while from here until end of quarantine it's just Totoro all the way 
Thank you, Alex, for that wonderful little audio message. Very thoughtful, very Takahata-inspired. And good luck with the book. Alex doesn't mention it in that message, but he also turned 30 during this lockdown phase and had a, a, a birthday pizza at home. Happy birthday from all of us. We'd love to get you on the show again. Listeners, if you want to hear more from Alex, he's on our live show from the British Museum talking about The Wind Rises. So now let's go from an audio message to an email message. This one comes from Mila Mietinen from Finland. Okay, so Mila says, hello and greetings from Finland. This doesn't really have anything to do with Ghibli, but I am really curious. Are you familiar with the Moomins? The creator Tove Jansson was a Finn and Moomins are a huge part of Finland's culture. My absolute comfort show is the Moomins cartoon from the 90s. And actually, Moomins have some of the same spirit as Ghibli movies, like Totoro. Furry round creatures? Check. Blue skies and pretty nature? Check. Heartwarming? Absolutely. <laughs> what a I, nice message. Yeah, I loved reading this. And I remember watching that cartoon when I was a kid in the 90s, but never really paying that much attention to it as I might a Studio Ghibli film. So when I got this email, being fairly ignorant to Tova Janssen, um, I reached out to friend of the show, Arena Musumeci, who's a great authority on the Moomins, and whether she might shed some insight on how there might be some overlap between Janssen's stories and Ghibli stories. And she sent us this great message back. The stories are complex, and although they're very heartwarming, they deal with some pretty dark themes like death, disasters, and depression. Hello, spirited away. Nature is not simply a very, very important backdrop to everything that happens in the Moomins. It is magically alive. My neighbour Totoro, anyone? Each season brings about different creatures, experiences and adventures. The Moomins deal sensitively with the natural world that surrounds them, and they respect and fear its power. I think that, that says it better than we possibly could. I... I mean, I'm very familiar with the Moomins and I'm very familiar with Finnish culture as well. I had a, a girlfriend at university and then beyond where who was Finnish. So I went over there a lot. I actually went, this is a nice tie into Ghibli. We went to Japan and went to the Ghibli Museum. I've been to Finland and been to Moomin World, which is a very small child-friendly uh, theme park based around the Moomins, which is a, just a wonderful spot. It's on an island and um, they have recreations of the Moomin's house and Snufkin's little boating shack and so on. They have characters, you know, actors dressed up as the characters. It's a really wonderful place. And I, I, I remember reading at some point, so that everyone knows the 90s version of the Moomin's, which is if you've seen Moomin's on telly, the animated version, you'll, it's, that's the one you've likely to have seen from the 90s. That was a Japanese-European co-production. But there was a previous Japanese one from the 60s and the 70s, which I think I read somewhere that either Miyazaki was involved in or he quit the production of before they started or he hated it. I, I tried to find that source and I couldn't find it. Maybe some of our more uh, you know, deep dive anime fans can let us know about that. But I, the, I'm surprised there isn't more on record from him talking about Tove Jansen because they do share not only a similar worldview, but also to the cinema landscape of their imagination. As um, as Mila said in, in, in the email, the blue skies and nature, that is everything we love about Howl's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, etc. Yeah, and I was ready to dive right into that. I actually bought the summer book, one of her 
novels. And uh, that was prepped as my holiday read for a holiday that at the time of recording, I would have been on. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, Jake. Yeah. Saving I would recommend if for another time. And I think after the summer book, I'd recommend going deeper and deeper. She, Tove Janssen retired from the Moomins, um, I think in the 1970s and handed it over to her brother, who then shepherded them through further storybooks and newspaper comic strips. But she then became, I think, one of the masters of the short to middle length short story. And the, these several short story collections of stories that weave together or kind of have a similar theme that have very slowly been start, you know, been republished in English over the last decade. And they're just fantastic. Um, so the summer book is a great start and then just keep going. Okay, let's move on to our next question, which, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm picking favourites because of the name of someone emailing us, but I mean, if your name is Christopher Outlaw, chances are you're probably going to get read out. So this is from Christopher Outlaw in Sheffield. Hi, Michael and Jake. My favourite Miyazaki slash Ghibli film is Naushka of the Valley of the Wind. I know it's based on a manga of the same name, also by Miyazaki. I'd like to know more about the origins of the story and especially whether anyone knows what inspired the landscape of the Valley of the Wind. I also love Teto and the fox squirrels in Naushka and Laputa, uh, so any details or trivia about them would be great. I'm currently in Sheffield and I live alone in a small studio, so I'm trying to get out every day for a walk. I'm lucky that I can easily get to several different parks and I've started spending time looking at the birds. I've been delighted at how easy it is to spot different types of bird with just a little patience. Now, I'm wondering what birds appear in Ghibli. I may have to watch them all again and make a note. Christopher, thank you for this message. You know what? I actually don't know that much about the production backstory for Naushka. Um, Steph, Jake, do you know anything much about it? Uh, well, I didn't know too much about it, but I'm quite a big Nashka fan. So I did a little bit of digging um, and here's what I found about it. So the story set in the future at the closing of the ceramic era, a thousand years after the seven days of fire, which was a cataclysmic global war in which industrial civilization self-destructed. And the land of the surface of the earth is still heavily polluted and the seas have become poisonous. Um, Miyazaki had mentioned that the Minamata Bay mercury pollution was an influence for the story. So some big kind of environmental themes going on there. Uh, and he also mentioned that the character of Naushka is partly based on the 12th century Japanese folktale called The Lady Who Loved Insects. And she adheres to the Buddhist principle. It is the person who wants the truth and inquires into the essence of things who has an interesting mind. Yeah. I, I So I mentioned that I'm reading a book on Miyazaki at the moment. It's Susan Napier's Miyazaki World. And I just actually read uh, the Naushka chapter a few days ago. And I mean, there's lots of amazing stuff in there, but there was just a little bit of tidbit um, that perhaps doesn't answer Christopher's question, but I just found quite interesting and a bit funny. Um, uh, I learned about the term Mazakon, which is roughly mother complex in Japanese. And apparently Miyazaki was asked about the Mazakon in the context of Naushka's large bust. And he said that her bosom has to be large so she can embrace all those poor old men and women in the castle when they are dying. A great fact. Yeah. And um, I think 
that um, Buddhist principle that's in the the lady who loved insects, that that little line I think can apply to so many of Miyazaki's characters as well. That it's not necessarily these kind of fighting brutes that are just barreling off into the landscape and fighting whoever they please. It the the inquiring minds that we see throughout his films are definitely the most interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot, I mean, a lot of the adventures start because of a character who is curious or inquiring and kind of going off and finding out things for themselves. That really is terrific. How do you feel about birds, though? That's that's set my mind whirring away now. Okay, yeah, I forgot to reply to that. My favourite Ghibli bird is the (laughs) the little intertitle bird, uh, which is near the start of My Neighbours the Yamadas. That's my favourite. I'm surprised you mentioned that, Jake, because I thought your ultimate Ghibli moment across the entire output of the studio is the bit where... The geese line up in Kiki's delivery service. Yeah, do they count as birds? They are fowl. Well, that's what, that's it. I wasn't sure because I, I, I didn't think of it as a bird that you would be bird watching like Christopher suggests he might be. But if he's on the lookout for geese, then absolutely go for Kiki's delivery service. <laughs> Well, there's also crows in Kiki's delivery service. And is it Yubaba that uh, transforms into mm. a bird? Yeah. I think that there, that's a that's a visual gift thread in the making, right there. <laughs> Maybe we need to wait for National Bird Day. Our next email comes from Rocio Casada in LA, and they say hi there Ghibliotech, all the way from the other side of the world in sunny los angeles i hope my email reaches the whole Ghibliotech team and their loved ones in good health and positive spirit well i like to say it does wouldn't we guys yeah a little bit of los angeles sun on this podcast very welcome absolutely what's happening on the west coast side of america la is still practicing the safer at home ordinance I need to share that people have been extra thoughtful during this difficult quarantine, particularly with vitamin C. Many homeowners have citrus trees on their property because LA has an old history being in a valley of citrus farms. For example, a homeowner will place clementines in a basket so anyone walking by may help themselves to fresh fruit. On my daily walk, I often come across different heirloom varieties of lemons, oranges or grapefruits. Vitamin C makes for a nice treat. When life gives you lemons, you make sweet lemonade or margaritas. Just kidding. <laughs> My question to Ghibliotech. Do you know if China will continue to release other Studio Ghibli films in order to allow artists such as Huang Hai and Zhao Dao to produce more beautiful film posters? Wow, what a wonderful message about vitamin C and a great question about those wonderful <laughs> Chinese posters. I love that message because I'm getting neither vitamin C nor sun at the moment. So I'm finding it very easy to go through the work day and then go through the evening without even venturing outside. Maybe I should take a leaf out of Rossio's book. Yeah, although I don't think there's many streets in London that are going to be giving us buckets of lemons, oranges or grapefruits anytime soon. I can make do with some R whites or something from the corner shop, maybe. And about those posters, I mean, I... I hope that there are more plans just so that there are more of those posters because they are wonderful. I think we've posted them on our Twitter account. If you haven't seen them, do go and check them out. They've done Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro so far, and both of them are incredible posters. There's no denying. 
we've talked about so many different films and lots of people placing them in different lists and brackets. Uh, so I think this is an opportune moment to hear from someone who is really at the top of the tree of putting films in lists. Hmm. We got a wonderful message from Gemma Gracewood, who's the editor-in-chief for Letterboxd, the social networking site for making film diaries and the place where we have been putting our leaderboard and our Jacob's Ladder of where we rank the Studio Ghibli films. We've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it was wonderful to hear from Gemma uh, talking about watching Studio Ghibli in quarantine in wonderful New Zealand. Hey, this is Gemma. I'm the editor of Letterboxd. The Studio Ghibli film that I watched most recently for the very first time was My Neighbour Totoro. I am isolating at home with my four-year-old son who'd never seen it. So we sat down with my mother, who we're staying with, and I said, Mum, you know, I hope you enjoy this weird little Japanese animation. And it turned out it was about the 23rd or 24th time she'd seen it. Uh, because my child is her ninth grandchild. Um, We all absolutely loved it. And uh, basically, who doesn't want to dive into the soft belly of a giant Totoro right now? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Thank you, Gemma, for that message. Wow, Los Angeles, New Zealand. Where we're going to go next? We're going to go to Thunder Bay, Canada. Ian here has sent us a really wonderful message. I'll read it out now. Hi, folks. Thanks for your work on Ghibliotech, which has brought many smiles to my face and helped deepen my appreciation of their work. Thanks for listening, Ian. Now, a possible question for your upcoming mailbag app. What are your suggestions for those looking to find other animated films that share the Ghibli spirit, a focus on the craft of animation and empathetic storytelling? My son and I have enjoyed some films from Leica and, of course, Pixar, any other leads to chase? Thanks, Ian. Oh, well, you're Ooh. off to a great start with Leica. I know that, Jake, you're a fan. Steph, are you a fan of Leica Studios? Yeah, big fan. I really liked Missing Link, their mm-hmm. most recent film. I thought it was just such a work of art. Uh, but I, I'm such a sucker for stop motion. So 
I think that Coraline, which is the first feature they made, is just one of the greatest animated films of all time, you know, directed by Henry Selleck, who made The Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach beforehand, just a, an incredible feature film career animation-wise. And then they've just built on that style ever since. They're really flying the flag, one of the few studios uh, making feature-length stop-motion animation in their own way now. Mm. And I, I think it's absolutely worth mentioning the guys at Cartoon Saloon too. Oh, brilliant! Um, yeah. If if Ian, if you haven't had the chance, do check out those work. I think Song of the Sea is one of the most wonderful films that I've seen in the cinema. If we're talking about animation, it was so beautiful to see it big and loud. Um, and I think there is there's a spirituality and a physicality to that film that is absolutely something that we'd see in a Studio Ghibli film. Oh yeah, Song of the Sea looks at sort of Irish life, the way that just literally round the corner from your house with your family and your brother and sister, you may have actual spiritual beings from folklore. That That's definitely there. And then The Secret of Kells, which was their breakout film, likewise the breadwinner their more recent film is a bit of a move into different territory but it's just as wonderful i think one film i'd recommend that is a bit of a left field one and ian i'd recommend having a look at this i'm not sure you didn't say how old your son was but my life as a courgette which is a swiss french animated film from a couple of years ago directed by claude barra and written by um, Celine Siama, who we know as a director who made Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Girlhood, Tomboy. And that is this barely over an hour long stop motion animation about a boy going into a care home with other kids. And it's just absolutely wonderful, but there's a real vein of melancholy and it treats childhood trauma with real seriousness, but it does have a ray of sunshine at the end. It's just Recently, it's been shown on Film 4 here in the UK and it's gone onto the catch-up site and it's made me watch it again thinking, ah, it may look like a family-friendly film to put your kids in front of now that they're, they're all at home, but it starts quite dark, but then it really finds a very re- resonant place by the end. Steph, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I would recommend uh, the TV series Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, it was a Nickelodeon show and it's just this fantastic uh, kid show about um, a boy who realizes that he has this amazing power that can save the world. And he goes on this huge journey with a couple of friends uh, to kind of achieve this this destiny that's been placed on him. Um, and when I started it, I thought oh, it's just a, a fun kid show. And then by the time I was in into kind of three seasons, I was completely hooked and it's just fantastic. And the story just kind of transcends what you might think a kid show would even reach. Did you follow through to The Legend of Korra afterwards? I did. I watched Legend of Korra afterwards and I didn't like it quite as much. Um, but it was still it was still really fun. Um, and the stories are still pretty great. Okay. I think yeah. it's also worth a quick shout out for, of course, Studio Ponok. Exactly. Yeah. We've mentioned their films a few times on this series of course, there's Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is very much playing within the Ghibli realm. It's very similar to Kiki's Lyric Service or Castle in the Sky. But then we all like the Modest Heroes anthology because that mm. has three very different shorts, but all pointing the way for a new future of animation. Thanks again, Ian, for that message. I hope you and your son enjoy whatever you watch next. 
these next messages we had uh, weren't based around questions, but have a similar vibe about family and new arrivals. Okay, so this one is from Tristan in Norfolk. He says, Hi all, just writing to say my wife Rose and I just had our first baby in March, a little girl called Marnie. We're big Ghibli fans from Norfolk where the original book is set and really love the film. Plus we're both blonde, so Marnie will probably end up looking just like the character. We really love the podcast, although we disagree strongly with the position of Howl's Moving Castle on the leaderboard. Keep up the good work and stay safe in these weird times. Oh, that is very, very lovely. Um, Well, I mean, I think that Tristan and Rose have set up Marnie very well there because Michael and I, we'd probably say that Marnie's namesake is better than Howl in the first place. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to know if Marnie will ever meet her granddaughter in some sort of time slip uh, in an old house in Norfolk, though. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see in a hundred years time i suppose yeah um and we got another really lovely email from sam hutchinson in leicestershire and he said i have successfully indoctrinated my daughter marida into being a huge studio ghibli fan i may have taken it too far by my wife's standards bearing in mind she's indifferent to anime our daughter has just turned 17 months old and is going through a vocabulary explosion her 21st word was Totoro, her 22nd was Cat, and 23rd was May, which she got earlier today while she was pointing to a picture of May. That, Sam, that is absolutely wonderful. And uh, your daughter is already uh, schools ahead of my son, Ivo, who only very recently, and he's only just turned 18 months old, uh, learned the word Totoro. He's not quite got the interest in feature length or anything longer than a few minutes into the television stuff yet so he's not watched a film but he's definitely taken to the stuffed Totoro that I have well not a literal stuffed Totoro the stuffed toy Totoro that I have Um, he's now got that in his toy basket and he calls it Totoro and we've got a little wind up Totoro as well that he loves although Jake you pronounce the, the daughter's name Merida and maybe it's just because I have Pixar on the mind, thanks to Ian's previous message. But could that be Merida, as in the character in Brave? I think you're probably right. Yes, you can. You can scorn me for that. So I apologise. <laughs> but um, Michael, you did mention a stuffed Totoro, which I think opens up another question that we were asked on Twitter from Charles Bromesco, mm. who asked. Would you eat Totoro? And if so, what do you think he'd taste like? First of all, no. Charles, <laughs> that is sick. <laughs> but my answer to that is there's an American brand of spread called Fluff, which is like spreadable marshmallow. I don't know if either of you have come across that. <laughs> it's, um, And I think that Totoro would just be filled with that. Are there any other... Ghibli characters that would be fun to eat. <laughs> what would what would the spirit of the forest taste like? That sort of he's deer like. Yeah, venison-y. I think the radish spirit would be pretty tasty. Yeah, and then Get of course, Mister Doe and the Egg Princess. Mm-hmm. That's like a full breakfast right there. Yeah. What about Chihiro's parents? <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe this should be our next bracket. Uh, who is the tastiest Ghibli character if you were to eat them? That would be one way of disturbing a lot of children. Just <laughs> saying, come into a celebration of Ghibli food. <laughs> but no, yeah. we're going to be eating your favourite characters, not discussing tempura. Yeah, we, we we strayed from a lovely link of taking my neighbor Totoro into our next recording from Beth Webb and accidentally we went down an avenue of eating him instead. Well, luckily Beth is going to be here with a, as a ray of sunshine to lighten up the proceedings. Hi, hello to the wonderful Gibliotech gentlefolk. Thank you so much for bringing lots of joy and happiness to us during these very uncertain times. Um, I am sitting out in my garden, as you can probably hear from the birds singing, um, wishing upon wishing that some little seeds that I planted would grow. But do you know they're just not doing it? So I think I'm going to have to do a very special tottery dance to make them grow so that's how I've been spending my time in quarantine is uh, the dance from Totoro now I'm sure you remember from the podcast but if you don't it is three little hops forward a little squat down and then if you just reach really tall guaranteed plant growing so I implore you to go out and give that a go um I have a question for you which is if you are having a particularly blue day which I'm sure a lot of people are um what is a moment or a scene in a Ghibli film that is guaranteed to bring you joy thank you and keep up the really good work this is a very bird friendly episode isn't it we've had bird watching and now bird singing there in Beth's lovely little clip is it awful that when I hear bird song in the background of a recording, I just think we're back on the subway in, to- in Tokyo? <laughs> I don't think of the outside world. <laughs> you prefer your bird song piped in. <laughs> Synthetic bird song. Uh, thank you very much. And well, thank you, Beth, as well, for that message. Beth appeared way back when on our My Neighbor Totoro episode. And um, we'd love to have you back on again, Beth. Let's try and figure something out. Yeah. And Michael, just to quickly answer Beth's question um, about your favourite film to watch when you're feeling down, if you just had to pick one Ghibli to answer that question, what would it be? Well, I think it would be Whisper of the Heart, of course. When that film went up in the final batch of Netflix films, I put it on at six in the morning because I was up with Ivo very early. And even though I couldn't give it my full attention and was told within five minutes that I had to put Mr. Tumble on instead, um, that five minutes just brightened my day and I was just coasting along on, on just a wave of love from there on. But really, I think we found with our two tweet-alongs for My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service that those two films... Are that for many, are exactly that for many people out there? Oh yeah, I think I was going to say Kiki, if not mm. just for, just for that moment when Yumi Arai comes on the soundtrack. I think I, that makes me feel so happy straight away, and that's why that song is one of the most played on my Spotify. And on favorite Ghibli films to watch when you're down, we have a slightly wider question uh, from Efa, who says. Hi everyone. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for organizing the live watches of Totoro and Kiki. They've been super good fun and have kept my spirits up during isolation. And I really love talking to everyone on Twitter. I've been watching anime on Netflix, including Spirited Away and Whisper of the Heart. And I've been playing too much Animal Crossing instead of working on my music degree. I would like to ask what your favourite animated films are outside of Ghibli and why? This is a big question. And actually, Steph, you should answer this first because you've been going on quite an anime bender recently, haven't you? 
I have been on the Crunchyroll website just watching all the anime I can. Um, <laughs> but I've been watching a lot of anime TV. It is interesting. My favourite animated films, my, outside of Ghibli, they do tend to go darker. The, yeah. My, my favourite Japanese animation would be something like Perfect Blue from Satoshi Kon, which I would not necessarily recommend someone go straight from Kiki's Delivery Service and Totoro and go watch that next. <laughs> it's <laughs> a much more adult and uh, complicated and harrowing film. I think my my favourite animated film... And maybe this is a clever, clever answer. One of my favourite films of all time that I would put on a, on a pedestal with the best of Ghibli is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The part animated, part live action Robert Zemeckis film from the late 80s, which is in many circles regarded as kickstarting the renewed interest in classic animation that happened into the 90s. It's just an absolute technical marvel and hasn't aged a day in what they were doing. Plus also... In the in the era of the Avengers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of these crossovers and companies trying to figure out the rights behind their characters, this was a film that was able to have Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse on screen at the same time trading dialogue in a way that no one before could have imagined. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Absolutely go and watch that. It's my, one of my favourite films of all time. Um, I don't think I've got anything really controversial for this. Um, my wider anime watching is very small. Uh, I absolutely love Your Name and Mirai, um, but probably off the just off the top of my head, I would say that my favourite animated film is Ratatouille because <laughs> anyone can cook. Good answer. Steph, have you come around to anything yet? Yeah, I didn't answer, did I? Oh, I I think just off the kind of um, how recently I've watched it, I get like Perfect Blue is fantastic. Uh, Satoshi Kon's first feature length film, uh, but definitely not in the same spirit and vein as the Ghibli films. Um, and I definitely agree that Your Name is fantastic. I think that was one of the first kind of anime films that I properly sat down and watched and was just so sucked into it um and it's such a fun film to recommend to people and uh watch people watch Michael we should really do something with that Satoshi Kon one day am I right oh wow Jake are you dropping a hint there (laughs) did anyone hear that (laughs) (laughs) quick Steph wipe the tape And on that bombshell, Jake, listeners, look to the skies for future Ghibli attack. Who knows what we're coming up with next? But in the meantime, thank you so much for all your letters and correspondence for this special lockdown version of Ghibli attack mailbag episode. Jake and Steph, thanks so much for talking to me. It's been quite lonely these evenings. Yeah, it's been lovely to hear your voices. Yeah, it has been very, very lovely. And we've actually got a little treat for any parents out there who might have some restless kids who need a bit of help in trying to get them to sleep, haven't we? Well, if they sit back and listen through the credits, who knows what they'll find. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. If you want to catch up with us on Twitter, we have the Ghibliotech Twitter account, at Ghibliotech. You can also catch Jake at Jake H. Cunningham. 
You can follow Steph at underscore Steph Watts. And you can follow Michael at Michael J Leader. Ghibliotech is a Little Dot Studios production. Our music is made by Anthony Ng. Our artwork is by Sophie Moe. And Jamie Maisner is our audio wizard. The show is produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Steph Watts and Harold McShiel. Twinkle, twinkle, Totoro, he will make your flowers grow. Plant some seeds and wait till night, he'll dance under the moonlight. Twinkle, twinkle, Totoro, he will make your flowers grow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.